what time do you have your sh- your job starting? That doesn't start until seven. Okay, great. In my mind, I couldn't remember if it was three to eleven or seven to three or whatever. So I was kind of yeah, freaking yeah. out for a second. No, Perfect. You're good. All right. We obviously we won't take all your day, but just to make sure that we're not like. Yeah, let's get this thing going till seven. <laughs> yeah, I want the I want the five hour. Yeah. It's gonna be a marathon, baby. Welcome to Birder, I Barely Know Her, the only birding podcast where one host is continually forced to turn off his fan and it's going to slowly kill him as the summer goes on. I'm your host, Dewey Cassidy, along with my co-host, Jessica Cristiano. So not to bring up Taylor Swift again, but you did watch the Taylor Swift live stream. How was that? It's pretty eventful. I mean, I watched the last, the stream of the last Airs tour. Uh, 1989 is coming which we knew. We even predicted on our Instagram. We predicted that a long time ago. Yeah, and it finally came true. Oh, that's what TV means. <laughs> when you said 1989 TV, I had no idea what you were talking about. You mean Taylor's version. Yeah, that's a, that's a common issue, I guess. A lot of people don't know that. Well, because TV is already, you can't take a really well-known acronym and give it something else, yeah. The original 1989 came out when I was in high school, right before a breakup. I mean, in college. It was my first year of college. I almost, I was, they came out like two days before my breakup. She knew. She knew. And she did that for She's me. like, I have to get this album to Jess. I know. Now I can't listen to it because I listened to it so much when it came out. But ah. um, the Blank Space music video was a was like a cultural reset for me. <laughs> it was an important album. I'll say it. Are you excited for Taylor's version, 1989? Uh, Taylor's versions, I just listened to once. I'm like, okay, the, the same song, slightly different. And then sometimes I'll check out the uh, Vault tracks. I feel like at this point, she could have just released all the Vault tracks as one album. I wish she would. Goodly. She says the, um, the 1989 Vault tracks are insane. She said that. And I don't know. I think they're going to be like, I think that was at a time in her life when she was like really growing up. So I think they're going to be really horny and maybe a little gay. <laughs> that's uh that's your tinder bio right <laughs> yeah uh because there there was that one song on speak now that like the vault track was like whoa taylor yeah i listened to that track by the way it was not that horny i was expecting like descriptions of body parts and stuff and it was just like i really want to be with you or whatever it was i want to get you against a wall and that's not horny to you yeah I'm making out I don't yeah yeah that was the horniest horny. she's been up until that. Up until, like, she doesn't get horny until, like, reputation. Tim McGraw, think about my little brack dress, my head on your chest. That's horny. That means they just That's have sex. not horny. That's cuddling. And when does cuddling happen? Sometimes after sex. Do we? Sometimes after sex. She was 13 when she wrote that. She was 13? You think she knew about sex? She was 13 when she wrote Tim McGraw? Something like that. 13, 14. You gotta give her more credit as a songwriter. That's impressive. So I don't think she meant sex in that song. Was she like dating like a sixteen-year-old at the time? Like who was driving her around so they could? I think hang out it was truck? a figment of her imagination. I think personally, a lot of songs are about what she wish was. Ha- I think she just has a very active imagination, and she's like, "This is what this is what like a teenage romance looks like, probably." And then she wrote that. So you're a Taylor truther. You think she's faking it? I don't think she's faking it. I think she is autobiographical, but I don't think anyone at 13 has that kind of life experience. Interesting. But what do I know? That's just my take on it. We should bring on our guest. Um, we have comedian, not actor, Joe Tumay. How's it going, Joe? 
Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Hell, is it too May or too Mai? Too May. Too May. Perfect. Like Marissa, but not what? Like Marissa, but different vowel. S- slightly. Oh. Different. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes people will ask me, "Is it too May or too May?" And I'm like, "Yeah." That's not different enough for me to know if, <laughs> yeah. if there's a correct option, and maybe I should, but yeah, it's, it's too late. Well, yeah. a lot of times you get to Madre, right? They think your name is Joe to Madre, like the yeah. taco place. Yeah, yeah, they think I'm the heir <laughs> to that to that taco place. Yeah, I get a lot of people confused about how to spell my last name, and when they're saying it, it usually comes out Cristiano, which is not right, and they usually spell it with an H, which is not right. Hold on, I'm Googling Cristiano Ronaldo right now. So Cristiano Ronaldo is like one of the most famous people on earth and his it's the exact same spelling. You would think people would get it. You would think, but people are really into Christianity. He's the top earner on Instagram. Again, we got to get him on the podcast. Yeah, oh, for sure. What do you mean top earner? I think he has the most followers like in history on Instagram. I thought that was Selena Gomez. Is it Selena Gomez? Did she beat him after she was on? Uh... I don't know. I just always see a surprising amount of posts that are like Selena Gomez has the most followers ever, and I'm like, is she? I mean, she's pr- she's cool, but I that surprises me. <laughs> yeah, she's on only murders in the building, right? Or is that Vanessa Hudgens? No, that's her. I confuse them. I can't talk to you when you're like this. I'm sorry. They're <laughs> brunettes who are on Disney Channel at the same time. They're the same person. I mean, okay, but I'm when sorry. I when I say all the kids in it look the same, you think that's crazy. That's because they all look different, all right? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry to see this, Joe. We didn't mean to fight like this. I'm just going to say it. All the kids on it do look the same. I'm, Thank I'm you. Standing, I'm, oh, jo- I'm joining. You didn't, you didn't even ask me to, but I'm getting in the middle of it. <laughs> I don't get to. I don't get to. <laughs> okay, Joe is just over here kissing ass. Great. Well, fuck you, Joe. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You had to move around a lot of your schedule for today, so I should be nicer to you. <laughs> but hell yeah, thank you for coming on. So we met volunteering at the soup kitchen, the one that Ellery runs, but you also volunteer with another org. What was that org again? It's called uh, Feed the Streets. Nice. So what, what does that entail, if you don't mind sharing? Pretty similar to like the soup kitchen, like distributing like food, water, hygiene, clothing, stuff like that. It's a different like, unhoused communities throughout LA. Nice. And they do like Skid Row, Hollywood, MacArthur Park, coffee and donuts uh, in Skid Row a couple times a week in the morning. Great. Um, I was worried for a second that coffee and donuts is a district of LA that I did not know about. So oh, I'm yeah, yeah. That. Like Frogtown? Over in the coffee and donuts neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why is it called Frogtown? Because it's by the river and there's frogs? Is that why? I think so. Okay. Anyway, Joe, we fucked up. We somehow did not book you for Mutual Aid Month, uh, so apologies for that. <laughs> we had three guests in a row who were all mutual aid people, and unfortunately you weren't among the ranks, so apologies. Dang. I'm just floating in whatever month we're in now. <laughs> Every month is Mutual Aid Month. What's the theme? <laughs> the theme for this month is uh, people who answered my Instagram message first. That is, uh, Ooh, nice. <laughs> that is the theme nice. for August. That's powerful. I fit into that. Yeah. How long have you been doing Feed the Streets? Like two and a half years. Oh, wow. Um, so, Joe, you are from the East Coast, specifically Florida, right? Yeah, I was born in New York, and then I moved to Florida when I was like three years old. So I feel a bit phony, like claiming New York. Yeah. But I also moved to L.A. from New York. So sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I was born in New York, moved here from New York like five years ago. Uh, I was in Florida for a little bit because it's just sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because when I, I think when I met you, you introduced yourself as from New York. And then you mentioned being in Florida. And I was like, oh, how much time do you spend in Florida? And you're like, uh, most of my young life. <laughs> yeah, like, just straight up like 20 something years. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Not to make this like a 
pop culture podcast, but that's kind of what Taylor Swift does. She is Ooh. like, I'm from Nashville. That's my hometown. But she grew up in Pennsylvania. So Whoa. whole country. So she's a phony as well. Yes. Yeah. Joe, uh, do you have any opinions on Taylor Swift? Because Jess has plenty. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't Me think and her roommate were just talking about this. Now that she's like been doing her shows in LA. I think there's a lot of undercover Swifties. There's a lot of people that you didn't know were big fans of hers that are like, Oh, yeah, dude. And my, me and my friends are going to the show this week. I'm like, what? <laughs> that happened um, to everyone on Instagram. I saw their stories and I was like, you like Taylor Swift? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Enough to go to her show? Okay, cool. I think she's overhated. I don't really know who hates her. Me neither. Does she like have like a lot of... I feel like everybody who hates her is like another famous person. I don't know. If, does she have a ton of haters? I think she has haters. I feel like people hate on her music. Okay. News to Dewey. So, Joe, we should get into your history with birds and or birding. So, between Florida and New York, what is your history with birds and or birding? When I was living in Florida, we used to, like, hike in the Everglades, like, a decent amount. And as much as, like, the main attraction is, like, alligators, pythons, whatever. (laughs) It's, like, really, you end up going and you see, like, a ton of birds, which is cool. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, eventually you take inventory of your life and you're like, well, who's been showing up for me? And you know what? It was the birds, you know? (laughs) that's so sweet (laughs) so i'm like you know what i am gonna look at that great blue heron and be like i remember your name i looked it up what's up dude (laughs) so who are these birds that have been showing up for you joe who are the who are the guys you're seeing i would say egrets herons and hingas like storks spoonbills what are those little guys called something hens they walk around in the water, really small. Little oh, like pace. little rails and stuff. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Those guys. You brought up storks. That's interesting. So you saw storks a lot growing up. Yeah, but nothing more than, you know, the Muscovy ducks from like... Yeah, Muscovy ducks, yeah. I think they're South American and they have like the little red clumpy face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to have a lot of those. And also they were protected okay. or something. And I remember you weren't allowed to eat them because my friend said his uncle tried to eat one. I was going to say, I feel like you sh- that shouldn't have to be a rule. I don't know who's out there clamoring to eat the Muscovy duck. That doesn't seem... Yeah. Yeah. They're also like filthy and weird, but... You're not allowed to eat this disgusting bird. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. What makes the duck disgusting? Just the stuff? Oh, uh, let me show you the Muscovy duck. You may remember this duck once you see the picture. Yeah. He just looks kind of funny, but he probably his meat's probably fine, right? Yeah, but you know. Or is he in a swamp? I mean, he's in a swamp, but I don't know if that fucks with the meat all that much then why not eat him? It's not appetizing. <laughs> I would have to be told not to eat him. Really? You were famously a vegetarian. I wouldn't, but like... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> your, hall, your vegetarian hall pass is the Muscovy duck. If I would... <laughs> yeah, I'd call it all off if I got to eat one of these. If I was starving. <laughs> <laughs> You're alone on the subway. It's 1 a.m. There's a, there's a fully cooked Muscovy duck on the seat. Are you eating it? <laughs> You are starving. Um, sorry um, to derail again. That's kind of my just, purpose here. You, nice. You're one of the co-hosts. You don't have to apologize for talking. You want to talk about the storks, though, and I want to talk about I want to talk about ducks. the storks. So we have storks in North America, and I guess storks is the wrong word to say because we have one stork in North America. Total. And what the fuck? Hold on. I go- Google's fucking up on me. One stork or one type of stork? No, we literally have one. Yeah, we have one stork. Yeah, he's like the Pope. So we only have one type of stork. So Joe, I'm assuming you were seeing wood storks, correct? Yes. Yeah. I'm so Jess, sure. I'm going to share with you a wood stork. We have one woods. We have one type of stork in North America and it's 
fucking horrifying. This thing looks like a portent of death. Ew. So basically, we get one stork in North America, and it's fucked up. He's freaky. Yeah, right? This guy- He brings the babies? This guy brings all the Floridian babies. <laughs> brings all the babies. That's why we're all so fucked up. That's why you act yeah. like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see right here, he has a little pocket where he can keep his chewing tobacco. Um, yeah, exactly. Ugh. Ew. Yeah, this guy's gross. So the wood stork range. So it's cool that you bring that up because you really only can in America see them in the south. Um, And that can't be right. A little pocket in California. That seems wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, it's cool that you got to see that real, literally the only stork that we get in North America. Yeah. Did you ever have an encounter with one of these guys, or were you lucky enough to escape their clutches? No, I used to stay away because they're big. And I'm like, what's he going to yeah, do right? to me? Yeah. And like, we would let like our dogs in the backyard and we had a canal behind our house and Ooh. a lot of birds would like come hang out there. So we would see like, that's where yeah. I saw the stork. He was like right in my backyard, basically. That feels like a recipe for disaster in Florida to have like <laughs> a body of water near your home. Is that an alligator problem at any point? I think it was like cut off. There was like a, okay. like a little gate underneath. So I didn't see any. Yeah. And like when I would like okay. mow the lawn, get close, I would try to like push it away from me and like stay away from the edge. But Jesus. yeah, it was a little creepy. We had otters in there one time. Whoa. And I was like, okay, well, if we can have those, we could probably have an alligator. <laughs> you didn't even get to enjoy the moment of the otters. Like, well, death's coming for me. Yeah, well, we, we all need to run. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you also got to see Rosie at Spoonbills a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, Spoonbill yeah, those guys. guys rule. I really want to see one of those. A lot of ibises. Yeah. Oh, right. So, yeah, we only get ibises in that area, too. So you, you lucked out. It's funny that you say, like, oh, you got lucky to see one of those. Because it's like what we were talking about earlier, where it's like <laughs> they're super common to the area, but they're rare, like, in general. So it was like, yeah, take that for granted. I'm just, like, seeing them every day. Like, uh, yeah. There those guys are. Yeah, it's like living in LA and seeing a, like a celebrity at like Denny's. You're like, yeah, this happens all the time. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm used to it at this point. Well, we went birding today, so we should get into today's trip. So Jess, which, oh, sorry, do you have anything else to say about your history of birds or birding, Joe, or is that? No, that's pretty much it. My brother got attacked by a turkey once in New York, but that was on a farm. <laughs> but <laughs> what? I, I, I did want to bring that up. Just because. Yeah, wait, what know, happened with that? It chased him. Turkeys are mean, apparently. Well, I mean. No, like, why was he, like, there, to like, to be chased by a turkey? Oh, I think it was, like, a petting zoo on a farm, and the turkey was, like, loose or something. I don't know. Okay, they should not put a, a turkey does not belong in a petting zoo. That's that's a recipe for disaster. Look, this was in, like, the late 80s. <laughs> this is late 80s. It was a different time. Oh, yeah, so they were probably. The, the turkey was on cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, I got attacked by geese a lot growing up because we raised geese. And uh, the thing with geese is that when they bite, they like to grab your skin and twist, which is not fun. So they would attack me because I was the one carrying the food. So that was not great. Ouch. Geese are mean. Yeah. Geese are, geese are bastards. Well, we went on a trip today, so we should talk about it. So Jess, why don't you go ahead and read off the list of birds that we saw today? We saw house finches, California towhees, mallards, pie-pilled High-billed grebes, cassins, kingbird, double-crested cormorants, great blue heron, belted kingfisher, western kingbird, Anna's hummingbird, morning doves, turkey vulture, red-shouldered hawk, and a black phoebe. No, we saw a bunch of stuff, which is, um, this spot we go to is usually pretty stuff-heavy, so that was pretty nice. So, Joe, any of those stand out to you that you really enjoyed seeing? The hawk was cool. Yeah, because that was on your list going in, right? You wanted to see a hawk. Yeah, because I know that they had, like, a couple. Yeah, so what about a hawk really made you want to check it out? They're just big and cool and they attack stuff. I think it's uh, pretty pretty straightforward. Maybe maybe a basic reason for wanting to see a hawk, but like 
Yeah, it's the boy reason for wanting to see it. That's yeah, a... for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I, I did look it up. I compared the photos to the other ones, and it was a red-shouldered hawk that we saw. So yeah, we saw it at the very end as we were heading out. We saw Joe, actually, you spotted it, right? Yeah, and then also that guy who was walking next to us couldn't have been less interested. <laughs> Do you remember that guy? You walked by and like we, I was like with my binoculars and you were taking a picture. Yeah. We were all looking up and he didn't even like look up to see what it was. He just like he was on his morning like, jog and yeah. we were in his way. <laughs> yeah, he did not care. Yeah, he's it's he's surrounded by nature. He should care more. That's what I would think. That's like the whole reason to go. But <laughs> yeah, people use that as a jogging. People also ride dirt bikes there sometimes, which is insane behavior because those are not dirt bike paths; those are like walking paths yeah that's a crazy place to dirt bike um yes we saw that red-shouldered hawk so joe you've actually seen these guys on both coasts i don't know if you remember them but they're in florida too and in new york so they have a bunch of different subspecies the ones that we get in california do not interact with other red-shouldered hawks so what's cool about red-shouldered hawk range is they're all up and down the east coast all the way through about sort of texas and then west of that, they're nowhere except for California and Oregon. But the ones that you get in Florida stand out from the rest because contrary to a lot of um, people that retire to Florida, they're the palest of the uh, red-tailed hawks. They're very pale. Um, they're called the extemis variety. They're pale and they have a gray head and very faint barring on their chest. So they're super pale guys. Um, have you ever heard a red-tailed hawk scream? I think I have in my house here because I have one that like lives in my neighborhood and it's loud. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty loud, it's a pretty distinct scream. Um, so for the viewers, I recommend you look up the red-tailed hawk scream. It's very distinct. You'll know it once you hear it. And these hawks, you usually hear them before you see them. They have that really distinct yell you can make out. Um, what's cool about that is they're obviously, they're raptors, so they're predators. So a lot of birds have, and like other things that they feed on, have adaptations to survive. One of which comes in the form of blue jays. So we've talked about jays before. They're part of the corvid family, which means, you know, jays, crows, ravens, etc., etc., which means they're very intelligent. And also they have the ability to mimic like a parrot or a parakeet. So they have learned to mimic red-tailed hawk calls and will pretend to be red-tailed hawks. And they do that for two reasons, scientists think. The first and foremost, as I mentioned, is as a defense mechanism. So they will mimic red-tailed hawks so that they can warn other jays that a red-tailed hawk is nearby and they can go hide. The second one is a very jay reason, very assholey reason, where they will pretend to be a red-tailed hawk so the birds fly away and then they will steal that bird's food. Yeah, so there's two sides to it. One is like, I'm being the homie, I'm looking out for everybody. And the other side is like, scram, I want to eat like twice as many seeds as everyone else. Die a homie or live long enough to see yourself become a bully. So those are the two. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like aggression and bullying in the bird community. Yeah, it turns out that having to fight for your survival brings out the worst in people. Who would who would have yeah, guessed? Yeah, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stealing, a lot of uh, laying eggs and other nests, stuff like that. So there's a little video on YouTube which I think is fun. It's titled Blue Jay Imitates Hawks and Ospreys Dash for peanuts exclamation point which i think is just a fun little title for peanuts <laughs> which what better reason to do anything that's a uh, i pay jess and peanuts that's why she does this podcast so can't get enough of them yeah that's good like which elephant. by the way i'm gonna be a little short this month oh, on dang. peanuts so that's fucked i'm sorry you know i gotta have them it's fucked up fucked of you to reveal that now yeah <laughs> i will i reveal it on the podcast so that i have evidence if she gets aggressive <laughs> that's good Smart. You always have a third party present when you give me bad news. <laughs> third party peanut present. Mm. Um, third party. Great. 
So they have like a fun little will they won't they relationship with crows. Um, well, not will they won't. That's not the right word. They love and hate <laughs> each other. So um, <laughs> red shouldered hawks will attack crows. Crows will attack red shouldered hawks. But they do team up on occasion. We did our deep dive on owls last week. We talked about how great horned owls are gigantic assholes and will eat everything that they can. So they obviously prey on baby hawks and they will prey on adult crows and baby crows. So if there's a great horned owl in the territory of red-shouldered hawks and American crows, they will actually work together to drive it out, which I think is really fun. You know, that is heartwarming. Yeah. We should do, yeah. We should write an enemies to lovers book about them. <laughs> Like those erotic Amazon artists who do like a thousand books a year. Yes, exactly that. They check into a hotel. There's only one bed. What are they going to do? What's going to happen? That kind Whoa. of thing. They get a hotel room, but there's only one bed. Yeah. What's going to happen? Okay. That's like, it's a common trope. And now it is a will they, won't they? Yeah, exactly. That could be fun. Yeah, they order room service just because, you know, it's too late. They, they accidentally get the romance package. We're on to something. Great horned owls. Are those the ones that um, puke up the stuff like owl pellets? Is that real? Pellets? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of owls do pellet stuff. We used to dissect them in school in Florida. Yeah, we did that too. Okay, did you guys ever dissect anything weird? We dissected a squid. My senior year, we did cats. <gasps> you did cats? Yeah, we dissected. They had us dissect a bunch of dead cats. I did that in college. They did that in the like AP physiology class at my school, but not the regular. Oh no, we did that in our standard anatomy class. We got to dissect a disgusting dead cat. Where do they get them? I don't know. My guess is that there are a lot of stray cats and not a lot of shelter spaces. So when they had to get euthanized, they ship them over to the science center. Oh, I don't uh, like that's that. a conspiracy. I believe. Yeah, I believe it, but I don't like it. I've done a frog, a crab, a cat. And what'd you do in school? Yeah, yeah, that was a that was at home. Yeah, I would catch them in yeah. the backyard. <laughs> yeah, 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 catch them in the grate in your little canal. Wait, were you actually a bio major? Yeah. No shit. I was like pre med the whole time, and then right before I graduated, I was like, uh, it's too much school. I don't want to keep being in school. <laughs> Did you graduate or you drop out? I graduated because I realized I didn't want to okay. do medicine like right at the end. I was like, I might as well. Yeah. I might as well finish. I'm here. You have just subtly revealed that you might be the most qualified person we've had on the podcast. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> congratulations. Everyone on my college sketch team was like on track to be an engineer or a doctor or like a chemist or something. And then they were like, nope, comedy. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> they have to like let the silliness out. Yeah. Comedy destroys lives. Yeah. yeah truly. <laughs> one of them is a, like a couple are engineers and one is like getting their PhD or got it. So good for them. Well, they're getting their PhD in prop comedy. Yeah. That's what the P stands Yeah. For. And their master's in clowning. That's a lot of work. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> so red-shouldered hawks, they, they're perch hunters. So what they'll do, we talked about fly catchers today, how those are the kind of birds that like fly out and just like eat their prey as they're flying. Red-shouldered hawks are a lot like the um, belted kingfisher we talked about, where they will hang out on a perch until they spot their prey and then dive in for the kill. So they, they typically kill by just taking them out, which is really metal. So they like to drop in from the air and kill them. Sometimes they'll like, if there's like a big clearing, they'll like try to like fly high and then drop in to surprise their prey, which if you're that much bigger than a prey, I don't think you need to surprise them. That feels like overkill, but you know, good for them. Part of why they're so talented at that, why they're able to do that is because they have these tails that are shaped in a certain way that allow them to utilize them like rudders and they use those to turn quickly in the air while they're pursuing their prey. So they've sort of adapted this like um, really cool adaptation to 
be more efficient in their killing, which I think is pretty interesting. And a little metal. And then... (laughs) Lastly, so red-shouldered hawks, you know how like there's like benchmarks for like babies where like, all right, this age they learn how to walk, this age they can talk, they can like grip things. Mm -hmm. For hawks, a benchmark is by five days old, they can shoot feces out of their nest. Okay. And that signifies that the nest is occupied. Wow. They're potty trained, five days old. Yeah, they they just shoot it right out out of the nest, so. Like over the edge? Over the edge, yeah. So it's it's to signal territory. So they, they mark their territory by just shitting outside the nest. So if you ever see a ring of shit, there's probably a red-tailed or red-shouldered hawk right above your head. Can't say I ever have seen that. Yeah, I haven't either. They're mostly in the forest, so I imagine it doesn't like stay down there for long. Maybe an animal will pick it up. Maybe it'll get covered in branches and stuff. But by the way, I want to bring this up completely unrelated to the podcast. I was doing laundry today in my communal laundromat in the bottom of my building. Bottom. You know how like, people don't clean out the lint trap sometimes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody didn't clean out the lint trap, which pisses me off on its own. You know what it was full of? Beach sand. Wow, that is really annoying. There's like a quarter cup of beach sand in there. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how that gets in there. How does it stick? Or did, did, it wasn't I don't, sticking. It wasn't sticking. It was just like in there. I had to like scoop it. I didn't have anything to scoop it out. So I had to like pick up little handfuls of sand one at a time and take them out. There wasn't another dryer. That's crazy. There was another dryer, but I had already paid for that one not seeing the sand. I'm, I'm almost curious if someone put it in there. Yeah, right. it's like how uh, brontosaurus is used to digest food by swallowing rocks. These guys are like, maybe this will help soften my clothes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, instead of like those like tennis balls or like fabric softener, they're just like, eh, just a yeah. quarter cup of sand, <laughs> just throw that in there. Or they were making mud. Who knows? Or I guess no, that'd be the washer, not the dryer. Never mind. They were drying their mud. They were, they were drying the mud, turning it back into sand. And then they yeah. left This mud back. is too wet. We got to yeah. dry it out. Have you ever gotten mud and thought, this is too wet? Do I have the product for you? Your communal drying machine. Come to Dewey's apartment. I mean, there is a there is a good consistency of mud. Yeah. No, that's what is what is your what is your prime consistency, Jess? I don't know, like goopy. Okay. Oatmeal. Jo- <laughs> and then if it's well, too much like Well, oatmeal's not gruel. really a good benchmark cuz oat milk itself can have variations in milk consistency. Milk or meal? Or yeah. oatmeal, I mean. Oat milk is way too watery to be mud. Throw it in the dryer. Well, we should move anyway. out of <laughs> Sorry to discuss mud for 10 minutes. Uh, wet, wet Any other thoughts on the red-shouldered hawk? No, he was chilling. We only got to see him for like a second because he was flying. He wasn't yeah. perched. They have a beautiful pattern on their underbelly. We didn't really talk about that. Um, they have a really striking, it's almost like, not like a checker, but it's like there's a lot of little specks in there. Very cool. Sort of like black and white, a little bit of brown. Mm-hmm. So the next bird I want to talk about is the pied-billed grebe. Do you guys remember seeing the pied-billed grebe? The grebes. Yeah. I think so. They didn't get that close. I'm going to Google it too. Yeah, they didn't get that close. They were pretty far away. They they were like deferring to the ducks. Yeah. That was... Oh. They're very cute. Grebes. That's so stinking cute. That's a dinosaur. <laughs> um, oh my yeah, God. So, so it's, a, it's like a duck, but with the head of a like a sparrow. So... Yeah, they're pretty... It's so tiny. They're not really related to ducks. They're in the same class, and then they drop off pretty quickly after that. So I want to talk about grebes because they're super cute. We've seen them a couple times on the podcast, but we haven't really talked about them. I did a ton of research on them today, and they fucking rule. So I want to talk about grebes. So first thing first, as Jess mentioned, they are so stinking cute. Literally, they look like a little duckling. They got like the little tiny body, the tiniest beak you've ever seen, like almost like a chick, like a like a baby chicken beak. Um, so they're very cute. Joe, have you looking them up? You want me to show you a photo if you don't remember? I'm, I'm looking up Grebes now because, like I said, they didn't get that close to us. But also, what comes yeah. up in competition with pictures of Grebes, the bird, is um, 
Frank Green? <laughs> and I'm like, Frank Green? who the fuck is that? I've never heard of that. Apologies to Frank Green, but I don't know who, who you are. I'll, I'll gotta Frank look that Green? Up. Now I gotta look up Frank Grebe. The Greaves that I'm thinking about, those are some cute guys. Not to say that Frank Grebe is not. Frank Grebe just appears to be like a, an American professional. He's not like a, a celebrity. He's just a guy, it looks like. <laughs> just a guy. But, <laughs> so Google does that thing where it like autofills like afterward. Like it's like you search for something, then it says like images for blank. So under images for Frank Grebe, it also just shows a bunch of the birds. <laughs> so images for Frank Grebe, and it's like build Grebe, pie build, Frank Lake, great crested. <laughs> a lot of fun. Well, best of luck to Frank Grebe. Seriously. I hope you don't hear this and feel bad. Yeah. Um, yeah so best yeah. of luck. So pie build Grebe. So these are water birds. They're like ducks, but they're not that related. There's a lot of genetic differences between pie build Grebes and ducks. So they're described on allaboutbirds.com as small, chunky swimming birds. So what's cool about Grebes, we talk about how they're like basically just like little ducklings, shrunk up little guys. They have virtually no tail. It's kind of just like sort of goes into like this little round, this little nothing. And that's actually advantageous to them. The Greek name or the Latin genus name for Grebes is called Podilimbus. Any guess what Podilimbus might mean? Short beak. <laughs> That's a good guess. Oh, that is a good guess. Tiny legs. Close. Jess, you're unfortunately closer. Sorry, Joe, you're no. kicked off the podcast. Wow, uh, so it means feet at the buttocks. Butt feet. Yeah, it means butt feet. Butt feet. <laughs> so again, that lack of bu- that lack of tail and the feet there is actually very helpful for them because it helps them swim better. It propels them through the water. So they sort of use that as like sort of like not like rudders, more like paddles. They have this nice little like paddle system. So I'm gonna show you both something fucked up. Let's go for it. Um, so pie bill greaves. I said they're like I said they're not like ducks, but like ducks, they swim in the water. They use their feet to propel themselves. But unlike ducks, they do not have webbed feet. They have lobed feet. So let me show you what a lobed foot is. This is an example of grebe feet. Let me know when it pops up. Grebe feet. Gross. Whoa. So their feet almost look like a little bunch of bananas. Yeah, they don't have banana peel ass feet. Yeah. Yeah, so it's almost like their feet almost look inflatable in a way, like you could like <laughs> blow them up more. Yeah, they do look like a flat life vest. So that's what their feet look like. So they use those to push through the water and it's almost more advantageous for them than webbed feet, which is really interesting. So together with that lack of a tail, they use that to really propel themselves as they're swimming. (laughs) So because of this, obviously they are very bad at walking. So they spend a lot of time um, in the water because they can't really do much on land with these. Yeah, not with those, huh? Yeah, right? So what's cool about these guys is that they are master floaters. They're incredibly good at floating because they can control their buoyancy at will. They can control how much they sink and how little they sink. So what they do is that they will trap water in their feathers. They will use their feathers to trap water and doing so allows them to sink more or sink less. So a lot of times they're just swimming with the top of their head out like a little shark. Um, Yeah, so what's cool about that is that this water trapping ability is actually also helpful when they're trying to get prey because they can use this to reduce their drag in like really choppy water. So they can trap or release water in their feathers to sort of make it easier to swim through the water. Jess, what what do you think about greaves when you typically see them? I think greaves are awesome. This is the first time I feel like I've seen them like in a while. Yeah, because usually when we see them, they're super far away. So we don't really register them as much. We usually get more distracted by the coots or the ducks. But now that I've looked them up, it's all I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> yes, move over, Taylor Swift. It's Frank Grebe time. Yeah, I was sleeping <laughs> on the Grebes. They look, they got all these <laughs> hidden talents, hidden 
little banana feet. They're great. They look like they shouldn't walk, but there's pictures of them walking. Well, they don't How walk they very walk well. They they get they try to okay. spend time in the water because they can't walk very well. That'd be like walking with moon shoes. Remember those? <laughs> I do remember moon shoes. I never got to have them, but I do remember them. Yeah, this is a this is a touchy subject for me and Dewey. We never uh, got to. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you guys have brought up a lot of trauma right yeah. now. <laughs> so speaking of sleeping on grebes, these guys don't build their nests on land. They build floating nests. So they'll build floating nests on top of little patches of reeds or like grasses or like other vegetation that sort of floats on the surface, like a cattail or what have you. The chicks leave the nest on the first day, of the th- or like after one day of being alive. That doesn't mean like they go off on their own. That just means like they're old enough to like hang out with their parents. And uh, do you guys guess how they how they travel with their parents? Is it something cute like on their back or something? It that is, Jess, you got it right. They travel on their back. Oh my god! So grebes just float around with their tiny little babies hanging out on their back, which is adorable. Classic grebe to just be doing it cute <laughs> all the time. Just yeah. Do you think I'm Frank Grebe also did? Cute. Do you think Frank Grebe also did that? He's running around with his uh, little babies on his back. Yeah, he has the one that like you put the baby in the front, but he like wears it backwards just to be more like a grebe. Yeah. <laughs> so give me a second. I'm trying to find some photos of baby grebes on their parents, specifically the pie bill grebe. It looks like we're getting some others. Here we go. So let me share my screen. Uh, so here we have an Australasian grebe with little babies. Some Clark's grebe. Oh, like a little oh, wow. sidecar. Yeah, look at these guys. They're really, they're really adventurous. Yeah, they're really getting out there. They're doing the work. Yeah, we got these guys. That's so cute. When's the last time you guys got piggybacked? Do you remember? I got picked up when I was in New York by my friend Easy. <laughs> but the, it, by it who? wasn't a piggyback ride. He just picked me up like this, and then I picked him up like that. Oh. <laughs> That's fun. Jess does not let me pick her up, so it hasn't been me. You have a famously bad back. Yeah, but I think I think for you, I could work it out. I I not I'm not pi- asking you to, though. Whatever. I have not been picked up recently, but I have been giving my nephews a lot of piggyback rides. So, uh, nice. I could pick you up. Uh, I could squat you, probably. Yeah. So, you want to try that? I would love that. That'll be our first... If we ever get a Patreon, that'll be our first Patreon goal. I was going to say, that sounds nice. Getting, yeah. squat, getting squatted. <laughs> right? Just get carried around. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times... You'll hear like how like animals will do something that is so clearly bad for them that you don't understand why they do it. Like pandas, like not wanting to do anything other than eat bamboo. Um, horses do this thing called cribbing, where they will suck on a bar and fill their like their um, stomach up with air until they like feel like like almost like they get like the same endorphin releases like overeating. So grieves do something like that, but technically it is good for them. They eat a lot of their own feathers to the point that almost half their stomach is full of feathers. Whoa. It seems like stupid and bad. Like, why would they do that? It makes no sense. There actually is a really helpful biological reason for that, believe it or not. So they eat a lot of prey that has some like harmful parts, um, you know, that they don't want to like get in the intestine, you know, like large bones, stuff like that. So what happens is that the indigestible items get trapped into pellets with the feathers. They sort of merge together with the feathers and form pellets, which then the greaves can just throw up. So it acts as sort of like this like pillow, this safety net inside their belly, and then they can just vomit them out. Yeah, that's crazy. It makes you wonder how that first, it had to have been by accident, but I don't know how that stuff happens. They accidentally ate feathers? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's gotta be, right? Yeah. I think so. Groom, grooming themselves. My sister's dog had a problem where he kept eating sand. And, like, he had to go to the vet because he was, like, blocked up from eating sand. So going, your freaking dryer had the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's making mud. <laughs> He's making mud. 
any other thoughts on Greaves? Um, can you tell me one bad thing about Greaves? Because right now they're too good to be true. I know, right? I can't. Here's the thing. I've looked it up. They're not really big predators. It's not like they kill other birds. Like they mostly did eat like little invertebrates. Let me let me do some more quick research real quick. They're shy. That's that's what it is. They're shy. They didn't come up to us like the ducks. I care too much about their privacy. Ugh. They voted for Mayor Pete in the twenty twenty primary. Oof. So that's that's not great. Come on, Greaves. Yeah. Kind of fiscally res- conservative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sucks. They just, you know, we just need a pragmatist right now. Yeah. So um, their feathers, this is not, this is bad about us again. Their feathers were used as decorations on hats and earmuffs at some point in the past. They seem to do nothing wrong. This might be the closest we have ever had to a non-problematic fave or even a protagonist on this podcast. Yeah. Wow. Congrats to the pie build grebe. Oh, you Thank know you what? Them. They're sometimes called a devil diver, so gotta mean something or a hell diver which i don't understand at all they can go really deep yeah so they have three names that don't make sense as devil diver hell diver and water witch they sound cool so far very evil pattern here very very not christian (laughs) yeah i don't know what they did to deserve those names these are not christian water birds (laughs) yeah yeah no shit okay well that's uh that's their one fly i guess sorry pie bill grebe Devil worship, greed. Kind of makes them a little cool. Good. Yeah. So we had a little treat. We talked about um, we talked about kingbirds in the past on the episode with our friend Louis Opatz. Um, how we t- get two types of kingbirds in LA. We get Cassins and um, Western kingbirds, and they're pretty much identical. They look almost exactly the same, except one of them, among other things, has a little bit more gray all the way down to the peck, whereas the other one's a full yellow belly. And today we got to see two different kingbirds 12 feet apart from each other we saw a western kingbird on one branch and a cassin's kingbird on the other branch what did you guys think about those kingbirds they were cool they were chilling with each other and also i compared the cassin's kingbird to claro so i was happy about it (laughs) oh yes we should talk about so joe you have been comparing different birds to your indie sad rock icons right yeah for sure so what are you what are your comparisons that you had i uh, i got my cassin's kingbird that looked like Claro in a little sweater vest. And we got the black Phoebe that looked like Phoebe Bridgers wearing all black. <laughs> and I'm sure if I knew as much as I know now about a grebe, I would have compared the grebe to somebody. But, you know, okay, you live and you learn. <laughs> well, message us, message us later. Maybe comment on the post and then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll find something for you. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So as usual when we go to the spot we had a little treat where we got to see a bunch of um double crested cormorants so what you guys think about those double crested cormorants those guys were making out oh yeah so we should say wilding out it was it was early oh yeah and they were making out i was trying to picture which ones they were they were getting busy yeah so we saw double crested cormorants <laughs> kissing which was really cool um and something i had not seen before so i'm trying to figure out why they do that um, I googled kissing and nothing is coming up. <laughs> Just Google but, uh, Google image search kissing. You're like, I don't know what's. <laughs> I found a photo of them kissing, but it's not telling me why. If I had to guess, they were probably just feeding like a, a young that had lost its like feathers, but is now like now has its adult feathers. But maybe they're practicing on their friends before they go out. <laughs> it's not gay, but they're practicing. <laughs> yeah, on their yeah they're practicing uh, with their friends. <laughs> Uh, it's not gay if you only get half hard. Um, I thought it was like spring that was big for mating. For a lot of birds, yeah. So they breed between April and August. So 
they could just be kissing for breeding. I don't think that they were, though, because the males didn't have their crests. No. So they probably weren't getting freaky, but... So what's cool about cormorants, we talked about breeding right now, the breeding season. So sometimes during the breeding season, they will accidentally pick up really shiny rocks and then treat them as eggs, which I think is really cute. So they'll have a bunch of like actual eggs and then some beautiful shiny little rocks. So they love taking little treasures. That's nice. They got little trinkets. Or are they doing it like, well, if they already have eggs and they're doing it, then they're not doing like a practice run, like a sack of flour as a baby. They're just like decorating. Yeah, so they put them in there with the eggs and sort of raise them like they're eggs, but they're just little rocks. They don't know. They don't know that they're rocks? I don't. Sorry. It's not clear if they like know that they're rocks and just like taking them or they just think they're eggs, but they love they love little eggs. So we've talked about these guys in the past. So these guys are really big divers. They love to dive for their food. One problem though is that they are not waterproof like ducks and other birds are. So what they have to do is they have to dry off. So a lot of times you'll see them on like little rocks just sunning themselves, trying to dry those feathers off. And we get that pose that we sort of talked about on the um, walk joe, where that sort of like pose that anhingas also do. So not to derail, I want to go back to pie build greaves for just a moment. So one thing I forgot to mention is that when they're traveling with their babies during the nesting season, they will also dive with the babies too. So they'll clamp the babies under their wings and then they will dive down with the babies. And sometimes the babies do pop out, which is not fun. But I mean, then they can just swim back up and they'll be fine. But it's just really funny how they'll run little errands with their kids. Yeah, it's take your child to work day. They're like, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> Wink. So we saw a bunch of birds today. So Joe, what were the birds aside from the red-tailed hawk that were on your list that you really wanted to see today? I, I didn't mention it beforehand, but I wanted to see the Black Phoebe. Yeah, and what drew you to the Black Phoebe? Was it just the Phoebe Bridgers connection, or it was just the Phoebe Bridgers connection? Yeah, and just a little, <laughs> just a little guy out there uh, named Phoebe. Yeah, but also uh, we didn't get to see him. I was hoping to see some Orioles. That would have been pretty funky. Yeah, some funky. We're guys. pretty close to the end of the Oriole season in LA, so it's going to be harder and harder to see him. We saw a lot of guys today. Some hummingbirds. I'm trying to think, what else? I sent my dad a whole long list. Oh, of all the birds you saw? Yeah, because he's a he likes birding. He I think he took like a birding course in college or something because he had like a book on birding Whoa. in our house, and I was like, oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, where's your dad right now? Where does he live? He lives in South Florida. My parents are down there. Oh, okay, nice. So he's got a great selection to choose from. Yeah. So if you had to pick a favorite of the birds we saw today, what was your favorite? Knowing what I know now. It might be the grebe. <laughs> it might have to be the grebe. But earlier, if you had asked me, I would have said the belted kingfisher because those guys were partying. Yeah. So what'd you like about the belted kingfisher? They were yelling and chasing each other, and I don't know if that they were didn't seem like they were mating. It seemed like territorial beefing, but yeah, just a lot of movement and drama with the with the yeah. belted kingfisher. They were they were <laughs> doing a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so the belted kingfisher is one of my, it's tied for my favorite bird with uh, tree swallows and brown pelicans. And so what's cool about these guys is that they are perch hunters, so they'll hang out on the perch like the red-tailed hawk, and they'll go dive in and go, you know, fishing, as their name suggests. Mm -hmm. But today we saw two of them that were really going at each other. They were doing that perching behavior, but at one another. They were chasing each other up and down the little pond area. And it was interesting that they were fighting for territory. I'll have to look more into how their behavior works and insert it into the podcast um, but typically I've only seen females there. I've not seen a male belted kingfisher at that location. So I don't know if another female has suddenly come into the territory and is threatening that existing female, or if these were two unrelated males. Um, so it's definitely something to look into. Hey guys, Dewey here. So I just wanted to circle back regarding this belted kingfisher discussion that we were having. So 
I was able to go back and look at my photos after I got them edited and I saw that it was in fact the female belted kingfishers that we were looking at. Um, so again, with belted kingfishers, these are blue and white birds, but the distinction being between male and female, the females have this rusty sort of orangey brown covering underneath their feathers, sort of in like the armpit area through a little bit of the chest. Um, so when I look back through those photos, I did see that it was in fact a female belted kingfisher that we were looking at. So here's the thing about belted kingfishers, in addition to being beautiful, wonderful birds and deserving of your praise and admiration, they're also incredibly solitary birds, so they don't like to form flocks, they don't form packs, they live on their own for most of the year outside of the breeding um, season and the raising of their young. So in that solitary time, they establish territories and vigorously defend those territories. What we were seeing was that there was a female belted kingfisher who had established this territory. In fact, not to brag, the exact same belted kingfisher female that I have been seeing since I started birding a year and a half ago. So she had established this territory, it was her spot, and another female had swooped in, seeing the beautiful lush environment, plenty of perching places, plenty of water to then uh, leave that perch and hunt to. She saw that and decided to try and, you know, invade that space, which our friend, the female belted kingfisher, was not having. So, when we showed up on Saturday, we actually got to see these two engaging in that fight behavior. Belted kingfisher fight behavior, pretty standard stuff. It's a lot of rattling and a lot of chasing, so they will rattle each other, making their big squawking noises, and they'll fly at each other. Um, not sort of dive-bombing behavior or sort of air fighting that we'll discuss um, in a future episode of spoilers, but, you know, just mostly sort of trying to chase the other one off, sort of sizing them up, being all big and tough. So that is actually what we were seeing during our trip. Anyway, back to the show. But, Joe, you mentioned them making a lot of noise. Could you imitate that noise at all? Dang. I think I can, I can, here's the thing. I can make a noise. I just don't know okay. that it will be similar to what we heard at the very least. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. Okay. It was like that. <laughs> that's what I remember. That was a really great dolphin. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That's, that's, that good. maybe it wasn't how that sounded, but that's how it made me no, feel. No, but that was good though. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I, the reason that I bring up the noise is not to embarrass Joe, which unfortunately we do not have video of, well, so sorry, Joe. Look, um, but because... not embarrassed. I thought I did great, so... <laughs> so, sorry. You did fantastic. As, um, we mentioned before you're not an actor, but maybe you should be. Yeah. Um, Birds. So, yeah. the reason that I bring that up is like the red-tailed hawk, with king bird, or sorry, with kingfishers, you often hear them before you see them. You hear that, that really iconic rattle as they're flying down to go grab their prey so it's nice to sort of if you want to go find these guys somewhere look up that call before you go and see if you can recognize it that's a great way to spot them because otherwise they're in those perches they're going to be hard to see they're going to be flying back and forth looking for prey so that sound is a really great way to lock in on them before we move on to the next part of the podcast i feel like we should go back one bird we didn't talk about the great blue heron which we've talked about before in the podcast but this might be the closest we've gotten to one right yeah, he was chilling right there. It was like oh, yeah. he was birding. He was right where we were at. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was on the edge looking out. Because there's that moment where I was trying to show you something else, and then you pointed to the great blue heron that was like 10 feet away from us. Yeah. That was just chilling, which was really cool. Yeah, I was like, look at this guy. And he was just right there. Like... Yeah, that was awesome. Because you saw a lot of these growing up, right, Joe? Yeah. And then also here, by working by the river, they're always like right. partying over there, too. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, what's cool about these guys is they are all over the country, west coast, east coast, they're everywhere. So it's a really, it's cool that it's a hardy species that can survive anywhere and sort of that we all get to sort of, you know, have together as one little national experience, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. So eat your heart out, bald eagle. Yeah, suck it, bald eagle. <laughs> we should petition, change it to the great blue heron. We really should. I've not seen a bald yeah. eagle before, but I see herons all the time. Yeah. Or maybe a pigeon would be better. I don't know. That's... I guess I see pigeons more than herons. But, uh, to each their own. Uh, Jess, what was your favorite bird that we saw today? Yeah, knowing what I know now, the high-billed grebe. That's tied second for like cutest animal behavior that I've ever heard of. Yeah, right. What was your Obviously favorite of those little sea otters? Oh, right. What was your favorite of those little behaviors we saw? Um, or learned well, we about? didn't really see them, but yeah, I, we learned about. Um, mostly, I just like that the baby's right on the back. The, <laughs> yeah, it's fun, right? The mom. That's awesome. It's very cute. That's so cute. Yeah, yeah, I think my favorite? favorite is also the pie-billed grebe, just because um, we barely saw them today. We saw them for like 20 seconds at most, um, and we see them all the time, but I just never think about them, and sort of getting to see it like that in person and then learning all this cool shit about it was really fun, and that's what I love about birding is going out and seeing something either cool or maybe not even that cool and then learning just a wealth of different little facts about it. And guys, I should be honest with you. I only spent half the time I normally do researching that thing, so there's probably even more beneath the surface we haven't even touched yet. So, listeners, tune in to our next episode. See if we can learn more about the pie build grieve. Uh, I think it'll be worth it. You're going to find out all the why it has all those evil nicknames. You're going to uncover yeah, the right. other half of the grieve, all the evil stuff it gets into. Yeah, because, again, we got to find out why it has those names. It probably, what do we think, tax fraud, uh, contract killing? I think contract killing, yeah. I think obviously witch. Okay. Uh, witch, witch activities. Sorry, yeah. I guess that's too obvious. Yeah, they love witchcraft. Um, awesome. Well, Joe, we have to ask, would you go birding again? Definitely. Oh, can you hear that? What, a bird? The a little parrot, bit, yeah. The parrots are partying out there. Those loud green Whoa! guys. Whoa! <laughs> Hell yeah. So yeah, we should mention that we get wild parrots and parakeets in Los Angeles. And Joe is lucky enough to live next to, I guess, a, I don't know what they're called, a flock maybe of parrots outside his window. Um, you were saying they're regular guests on your Zoom calls, right? Yeah, and they like to squawk. They're getting a little louder. Yeah, we can hear them. Good yeah, God. They're partying. There's a bunch of them. And they're green and they're really cool. Yeah, parrots are very frustrating wow. to me because I hear them all the time, but never when I have my camera. And then when I do have my camera, they fly away too fast. So. Yeah. They're my green whale, if you will. Joe, do you have time to play a little game? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is a game called Guess Hoot. Um, And if you haven't guessed by the name, it's essentially the game Guess Who. But we're not going to be judging some weirdo with glasses or some, I don't know, other weirdo with blonde hair. We're going to be trying to guess the identity of some birds that Jess has very nicely arranged into a little Guess Who board. The questions are a little bit different from the original Guess Who as well. So normally in Guess Who, we're like, ugh, are they wearing a red hat? Are they wearing glasses? Lada, lada, lada. That is not the case for Guess Who. In Guess Who, the questions are entirely subjective, uh, which makes it twice as hard (laughs) 
<laughs> in fact, so hard that nobody has ever correctly guessed it on this podcast. So we are in for a treat. And if you're one of our listeners playing along at home, check out our Instagram post where we have shared the grid that we'll be playing along. And maybe you can be the first person to guess correctly. So Joe, would you rather, since you're the guest, would you rather go first guessing or go first as the person we are guessing? I'll, I'll go first as the person that you guys are guessing because I spun the wheel. Okay, so then, oh, you said you already did yeah, spin the wheel? I, I was too, I was too <laughs> tempted. Great. I was looking at the wheel, I was like, I'm spinning it. Yeah. yeah. No, we can't, we can't be mad. We handed you a toy, so we yeah. can't be mad you're playing. You gave me it. a wheel, and you're just like, let it be inert. Okay, so Jess, when you're ready, why don't you ask the first question? Um, I'm going to say, sorry, I'm trying to think of a good question that could knock out some birds. I have one if you need time. Yeah, you should go. Uh, Joe, is your bird a fancy boy? I'm going to say yeah. He's kind of fancy. Okay. Fuck you, Muscovy. Well, wait, I, now I don't know. Muscovy, I don't know if whatever. you would think this guy's fancy. A lot of them are fancy. Yeah, but, uh... but he's fancy. I'll say this, actually. He's fancy in his own way. Okay. Oh, boy. So <laughs> That's like a doubly subjective answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that changes things. Is your bird a fan of baseball? I'm going to say no. I, I also have justifications okay. for all my answers, just in case the league decides <laughs> yeah, at the end that there's some... Uh, yeah, I have justification for all these answers. Um, hmm. Even if you didn't, that's okay. Vibe is fine. That's true. Okay. I might resort to that later. Then. If your bird had a dating profile, like a Tinder or a Bumble, would a majority of the pictures be selfies? Or candids. I think candids also includes group photos. I think selfies. Okay. Mm. Well, that's actually tough. Would have would have selfies. I think so. Yeah. Okay. 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 Would explaining my answer be helpful, or do you want me to not explain my answer? You can explain it if it doesn't give it away. Like okay, you can be vague yeah. of why you think. Well, because I think selfies, but not like in a self-centered way, but more so in like a nobody be taking pictures of my guy way so he just oh. says like his profile is just like five selfies okay is your bird the oldest sibling i think he is yeah all right i have a guess joe Let's is your it. bird the belted kingfisher it is not god damn it is your bird maybe i don't have a guess Hold on. <laughs> is it the american golden plover no no but okay do you have another question if your bird is at the beach is he going in the waves or is he hanging out in the sand Oh, he's going in the waves. Okay. He's wavy. Hmm. Now I feel like I've definitely crossed him out already. Is it the Magnificent Frigate Bird? It is not the Magnificent Frigate Bird. Is your bird the Hooded Merganser? It is not. Boo. Should I say who it is? This is is so... Yeah. Uh, Or no. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I think you should. It's... Yeah. The American Coot. Whoa! I crossed that out a long time ago. I crossed it off so long ago. Well, oh at my first God. I was like, oh, they crossed it out on the first guess. But then, like, some of the guys that you guessed were kind of like brown and white and not crazy looking. And I was like, maybe they know who I'm talking yeah. Maybe they know who I'm talking about. <laughs> maybe I didn't do such a crazy job. No, here's the thing, Joe, is that we played this before, and not once did anybody guess correctly. We always had to give up. <laughs> okay. So it's okay. uh, I'm ready to guess. Yeah. I feel like it's, I'll have... It's very subjective. Yeah. So Jess, you want to go next? Yeah. 
Let us know if this is a bad game. I yeah. <laughs> I cannot yeah. overstate how much I like this game. <laughs> Great. I'm I'm thinking of all these practical questions and I don't want to ask any of them. You can ask practical ones. They don't have to all be silly. You can ask a question that actually helps you. Okay. Okay. Do you think this bird would be a vegetarian for moral reasons? Yes. Ooh. That was a good question. Because some of them are yeah, vegetarians that... and some of them aren't, but if, if it is or yeah. isn't, would it be for moral reasons? Is mine. Yeah. Did yours believe in Santa for too long? No, I think the right amount of time. Okay. I don't think they were a cynic. Joe's carefully studying yeah, his yeah. board to see. Now, knowing what you know about my friend's uncle, would he want to eat your bird? <laughs> No. <laughs> it's good to know. I feel like I can actually cross multiple. What if I said, yeah, that would knock all of them out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, if your bird was not on the list at a club, would he still get in? Yeah. I feel like that was a really good question. I feel like that narrows it down. I kind of have a guess. Let's hear it. Okay. I'm going to make sure I'm not tripping. I'm between one or the other is it the freaking illusion turn no no <laughs> i would like to guess if that's okay sure is it the yellow warbler no i think that one's too obvious and i think maybe that one's not obvious enough <laughs> is it the brown pelican no no i also think my friend's uncle would right. eat that so maybe that's <laughs> one that wasn't a good guess i have a guess is this the northern <laughs> flicker? No. God damn it. Okay, you can tell us. This is Anna's hummingbird. Oh. Ah! You see, I thought I thought when you you hesitated you hesitated when Dewey asked about getting into a club, even though he wasn't on the list, and I thought maybe Anna's hummingbird. If I was a bouncer, I'd be like, no hesitation. Get on in there. Think about how much I'll drink. To me, it that's a teenager, so I can't oh. in good conscience let them into a club. Ah. But if I was looking at it as like an adult. I would probably let them in. It's my turn. Did yours do high school theater? Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. Did did yours move far away from its hometown? So if this is a bird who grew up in like some shitty small town, yes. If it grew up in a city, no. Hmm. Did it move to become a star? Yes. Okay. I think this might be the first one you guys get, or anybody gets, I mean. Our first correct answer. Does, does your bird ask for the same haircut every time it goes to the barbershop, or does it switch it up? I think it's the same haircut. It's a good question. Has your bird ever gotten in a fight? No. I mean, verbal maybe, but definitely not fist fight. Or I guess a wing fight. Does your bird get dropped off right in front of school or does it ask his mom to drop it off like two blocks away and then walks? Oh, two blocks away. I have a guess. Jess, what's your guess? Is it the yellow warbler? It's not the yellow warbler. <laughs> you set me up. <laughs> I also have a guess, yeah. All right. The yellow warbler's neighbor, the blue jay. 
It is not the blue Whoa. jay. Is it the violet, violet, violet green swallow? It is not the violet green swallow. Fuck. And I'll give you a hint. It's no. It's not a swallow of any kind. Ooh. I have a guess. The California scrub jay. It is not the California scrub Whoa. jay. It's the magnificent frigate bird. Magnificent frigate bird. I have that one not crossed out. Oh, so I could have guessed guess it? it. He's such a theater just, kid. He's I got that bombastic he, he, he energy. He really is a theater I think kid. he got in a fight. I think he would fuck someone up. Yeah. I think he's gotten in a fight. Yeah, I agree. Kill them. I think he... Well, that is another unsuccessful round of Guess Hoot. I think we have to award a cash <laughs> prize to whoever wins this eventually. Uh, it's a tough Somebody game. Who but really Joe, gets us. When, when I said Yellow Warbler's neighbor, were you like, oh, he's got it? I thought that you were going to guess Yellow Warbler again. And I was like, Joe, I don't know how to tell you this. That was, that was just guessed. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for playing. That brings us to our last segment, which is plug. So, do you have anything to plug? I don't have anything to plug. Just getting involved with mutual aid and stuff like that because I don't have any shows or anything coming up. Because uh, normally I would never endorse doing mutual aid. I would always uh, yeah. <laughs> plug my own shit. But uh, I don't have any shows coming up. So. Yeah. Well, Joe, if you have a show coming up and people <laughs> want to see you somewhere, how would they find you if you if you do have a show I'm in the future? On Twitter and Instagram and Gmail. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram is just at Joe Tumay. And Venmo. Great. At Joe Tumay. Don't send Venmo, me or request yeah. any money, but I just like bragging that I don't have the little uh, dash. <laughs> Not a lot of Joseph Tumay's no, out there. No yeah. Dash. Well, hell yeah. Well, Joe, thank you for coming on and giving us so much of yeah, your thanks time. thanks for having me. Jess, great. do you have anything to plug? I'm going to plug, as I'm sure, I'm sure everyone has seen, one of the donate to one of the mutual aids for the Maui fire. If, especially if you've ever been to Maui for vacation or went during the pandemic, you should help them. Specifically, especially if you are a white person who has been to uh, <laughs> has been to Maui and the other stuff when uh, native Hawaiians do not have access to clean water and stuff even before the fires. So definitely donate. Yeah. Awesome. Well, then I am going to plug this podcast. Sorry, mutually. <laughs> I'm going to plug this podcast. Share us with your friends. We're now at 25 spotify followers which means we are one eighth of the way to our goal for the special 200 episode topless episode or sorry 200 follower topless episode where i will record an episode topless so if you want to see me topless um tell your friends or invent a time machine and go back to literally any ucla comedy show um in the years 2015 to 2017 but you know follow us on spotify leave us a five-star review leave us a review with a little blurb on apple or sorry at Apple Podcast, that's also helpful. Uh, follow us on Instagram, spread the word, etc., etc. Uh, we're growing, 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 and with your help, we can grow even faster. And yeah, I guess mutually, whatever. Woo. All right. Well, thank you again, Joe, for coming on, making time for us. I'm gonna leave everybody with a. Yeah, it's pretty good.